Alright everyone and welcome back to another episode of Crimson Flow Wednesday Bible Study Biblecast. Let's just call it that. Today we are going to continue our journey in the book of Acts. It's been a while since I've done um, this podcast. And I do apologize for that. That That is sincerely just my fault. I can't blame anybody for that. Um, I've been dealing with some issues mentally. Um, Dealing with anxiety and, you know, uh, the old enemy of procrastination. It got the better of me last couple weeks. That's why I've not been putting so many out. So uh, y'all just pray for me. And it takes takes a lot to admit that that nothing really kept me from doing these except for myself. Um, it's just one of those. I'll do it in a minute. I'll do it in a minute, and that minute never comes. And and the sad part is, a few of those nights I just got caught up in listening to um, certain Christian songs. Not going to mention their name due to copyright rules for right now. But it it just boils down to that. I mean, I let myself get distracted from what I feel God wants me to do. And sharing the Word, His Word, is something He wants everybody to do. So, I mean, that's just something. It doesn't matter what your calling is. And, and our preacher touched on this in the last service doesn't matter what your calling is he wants you to share his word in that calling use your calling that God has for you to be obedient to him in spreading the gospel basically okay but we are in Acts chapter 3 for this Wednesday night service. Um, Like like I've said before, this Wednesday night, I I called it a service, but it's really just Bible study. Um, Just like Sunday is simply like you were in Sunday school. I want you to be able to be relaxed. I I know a lot of people... They go to church on Sundays. They get preached at. Now, I mean, there are some churches out there that do a teaching style of preaching. And I'm, I'm very thankful for those. But there are a lot of churches out there that if you go on a Sunday, you are preached at. And it can be disheartening. It, it can be granted. Granted, that is conviction of the Lord. But, I just want to slow things down, and in this, I want you to learn with me the Word of God. Because I, no person in this world, except for God Himself, knows every single word that is in this book. Not every single person, in this, not any person in this world, will know every single meaning 
in this book. And the, and like I've stated before, that's the kind of the brilliancy of the living word is that it only reveals itself when you need it. So that being said, I mean, I may read the same passage five times, and I know I've said this before, but I may read the same passage five times and get something different out of it each time. It's whatever I needed to hear at that moment. Like today, one of our pastors, and I, when I say one of our pastors, I have a home church that I go to physically, but I also have a church that I like to watch online on YouTube. They post their services, and of course they do live video Facebook. But I usually catch it after they've done all the editing and everything like that. I catch the episode on YouTube. It's usually about a day or two after the uh, Sunday service that it's released on YouTube. So I usually do that. And he, this pastor, he's got many, many, many episodes. I could probably watch them one a day for the next three years. He's got that many. So... Yeah, um, but he's also a serious preacher, but he he breaks it down, and it's like he takes that one scripture, and he teaches you a lot from it, but that one scripture will lead to a whole message led by the Holy Spirit. So before we get into this, like he does, we need to invite the Holy Spirit in here, and how do we do that? We pray. So, Father, we come before you today, and we ask your guidance in this. We thank you for the many blessings you give us, and we thank you for the many more that you're going to give us in the future. For each day that we wake is one more miracle and one more blessing. So, Lord, we ask for your guidance and your Holy Spirit to come in so that we can learn what you want us to learn in the Holy Word. Lord, come into my heart. So that I can teach what you want me to teach out of this word. For in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay. Let's just, uh, like, as in past episodes, I've tended to, you know, start reading. And just like the internet pastor I talked about, one passage can end up leading me into a whole different subject. But it kind of based around the same principles. Um... And and I know it's probably sad of me to be doing this, and a lot of the stuff I bring up that the Bible says, I can't quote this, the chapter or the verse or the book a lot of times, you know, and expect you to believe me that it's in there, but I'm working on that, and sorry I hit, hit the microphone. So, let's start in Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Well, wouldn't it be something if in America, or even the world, I mean, I know a lot of other religions do it, is have a hour of prayer. The hour of prayer signifies that it's once a day. You know, a lot of Christians, they ha- they do have the tradition that wake up in the morning, first thing they do is say a prayer for the day, and first thing they do before they go to bed at night, they say another prayer. You know, some say even say one on their lunch break, obviously before meals, but just on their lunch break for the rest of the day. You know, that's all tradition, but just think about it. If we all set one hour a day where we either A, 
read the Bible and or B prayed the whole hour. Imagine how our world would be if we all prayed to Jesus, basically. But I'm not saying other religions, just to to the pinnacle three, which is one. Pinnacle may not have been the best word to use there, but it was. It just sounded right in my brain at the time. So if it's not, I'm sorry. I don't really. I'm not honestly sure what pinnacle means. Oh, oh well. Um, but let's let's get back into this. If we had one hour a day to pray, especially in America, you know, I've heard I've heard many pastors tell me that. Or say things like, you go to Africa, you go to Australia, New Zealand, you go to South America even. Philippines. These people are begging for Bibles. Begging for the Word of God. And here in America, we've got five in each room. Never even picked up. So, it's just something to think about. Like, how spoiled... We are in this country. That even something as reverent and as mean, meant to be respected and to adored as the word of God is just tossed aside. I'm guilty of it as well. We are all guilty of it. At some point in your life, whether it been for a day or whether it had been for years, you kind of tossed your Bible to the side and said, hey, I don't need it. Or I'll do it later. Here's something to remember. Did Jesus say, I'll do it later? When it, when it was his time to be crucified? When it was his time to be in that place where he got turned in? Did he say, eh, I'll do it later. Or, I'm too tired. He never said he was too tired. Matter of fact, his organs were shutting down on the way up that hill. Due to lack of hydration, lack of nutrients. And nutrient hydration is ten times worse than water hydration. Despite what doctors tell you. You can actually drink a lot of water and still die. From dehydration. It's just because you're not getting the nutrients. And the, the the effects of it. Are ten times worse than just water hydration. Because then your liver starts shutting down. So. Just imagine. What he was going through at this time. But he never said he was too tired. He obviously wasn't too busy. That was. You was the only. You. Yourself. Whoever is listening to this podcast. You were important enough for him to put everything aside and do what he had to do. He wasn't too tired. He wasn't too busy for you. He wasn't a procrastinator. It was meant to be. So, who's to say we can't devote an hour of our time to him? 
I mean, it would take some schedule rearranging for some of us, mine included. And don't get me wrong, I do read the Bible. Not nearly as much as I should. I've let a lot of things come in the way of Bible study, and I shouldn't. And and I I'm thankful to be able to do this because it's one way that kind of gives me an extra reason slash excuse to have my nose in the Bible. But it's a good excuse. So, see, we got all that out. We've literally been talking, or I've been talking and, you know, teaching this for the past, I'm going to say a good seven, eight minutes. And we're just to the first verse. So, being the ninth hour, this was the hour of prayer. And then verse 2, it says, And a certain man, lame from his mother womb, mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask the alms of them that entered the temple. So this, this man, when it says lame from his mother's womb, I mean he couldn't walk. A, you know, it was a birth defect. Um, it doesn't say what caused it. Of course, in modern times, we have a name for everything. But this this guy was basically just not able to walk, um, and it could even be an extent he was paralyzed somewhere else too, or disabled somewhere else too. But it just he was lame, not in the context that we use it today. And then verse three it says, "Who seen Peter and John ask about to go into the temple asking alms?" Okay. When somebody asks for alms, it's basically like the guy on the street corner that has the cardboard sign that says starving with kids, getting, or, you know, you never, it seems like you never see getting a job, just need help to get there. You, You always see starving kids, homeless. And I, and I know it's not for us to judge. That is not our job. To judge. But it does make it really hard. To help these people out. When. You see. Like. I I know people that has. That I trust. When they tell me this. That has seen people. Begging on the side of the street. You know. Like say they were sitting in a parking lot. Or whatever. And they seen this people, person. Begging on the street. And then when they got done, or maybe it started raining, they went and got in a big, nice Cadillac or a big old SUV, which would slow down there and stop and say, let's not judge because they could have just lost their job. They could have just lost their house. Um, granted, I think I would have let the, the SUV go before I lost my house, but you know, that's none of my business. Maybe they had it pay, hit, paid off. Maybe they got it with tax money. It, that's, I mean, it's not for us to judge. Okay, so they laid this guy next to the gate. And the gate is called Beautiful. Or no, the temple is called Beautiful. Yeah, the gate to the temple, which is called Beautiful. And he's basically there begging for money. 
And then Peter and John, he sees them going into the temple. And he asks for, he begged for money. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such I have, such as I have, give I thee. So he's basically saying, I don't have any money to give you. Which they didn't. They were extremely poor. They were basically homeless, going from town to town, and all they could do was preach God's word and hope, hope, somebody fed them. I'm sure they didn't eat for a long time. They probably drank out of horse troughs, or not horse troughs, donkey troughs, or animal troughs. Let's just say that, animal troughs. You know, just to get by. With at least some water and, you know, maybe they got some bread along the way that somebody threw out. These people were literally living the lowest life as in poverty level. But still gladly spreading the gospel. Because they were, I mean, honestly, they were the first ones in line. They had witnessed him on earth. Okay, here it says... But such as I have, give I thee. So basically, what I do have, I can give you. And he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Now let's stop right there and say this. You see how much faith... That Peter has. That through. Or that God. Through him. Through the earth. Through the Holy Spirit. Through him. Healed this man. Because of Peter's faith. See I'm. You know. It doesn't really. It doesn't say a lot about the guy's faith. You know. He. He may have had a lot of faith. And he may not have. Okay. So. It doesn't say what level of faith the guy had. But it does say something we'll get to in a second. But it, it's not a quantity level. So what it does say though is. Peter said. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And then he took the guy by the hand. And then he was healed. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through Jesus. That power is still available to us today. We've got to believe, though. The Bible says that if someone has the faith of the size of a mustard seed, it can move mountains. Obviously, we don't. A lot of us don't have that faith. You know, we know he's there, but we're easily questioned. You see what I'm saying? Like. We know he's there, but when something comes up, it's just like, why is he not listening? But we have to stop and think. What we want on this earth may not be in his plan. We have to slow down and and just stop and think. And there was an old Garth Brooks song, 
I know a lot of you may not listen to country music, but an old Garth Brooks song that goes perfectly with this part I'm about to say. Unanswered prayers may be the answer he wants you to have. Just because he says no does not just because it's not answered does not mean he said no. If that makes sense. Maybe I said that wrong. Just because it's unanswered doesn't mean he's not listening. Just because he says no does not mean it's unanswered. That's what I meant. Because there's a lot of things I have asked for in my life that I look back on now and realize they're ridiculous. A few of them was when I was a real young kid. I had no business asking for it. But, you know, if you look at my childhood days, I had faith. I still got faith. I've got more faith now than I did then. But God's always been there for me. He's always listened to my junk. Me me rambling on, asking for the stupid stuff I have over the years. I think the first thing I ever asked him for, though, was was a general leak. Just to throw that out there. I was like six. And I wanted a general leak. I wished for one. I prayed for one. You know, I was blowing out candles. Getting those little dandelion things and, you know, making a wish. And if the whole story was if you blew all the little fuzzies off the dandelion, your wish would come true. If you did it in one breath. I did all that stuff and I never got that generally. When I was that old, yes, I was disappointed. But now that I look back, that was an unanswered prayer. I didn't need a generally at six or seven years old. God knew that. When I'm older, now that I'm older, I should say, I'm 27 now. By the time I'm 50, I might have one. Although, in my years, I realized that the car, and I know this is kind of off subject, and we'll get to we'll get back to the story in a second. I, I realize the car is special. It's a really good car. But I think the generally is something that's over worshipped in quotations around the word worship on that because I just think it's idolized way too much. Like, yes, I, I mean, I understand the Confederate flag is heritage, but every time you see a generally or a, a 69 charger, everybody's like, oh, you got to paint it orange. I actually kind of like the color black. With some yellow pinstripes. But, you know, that's beside the point. But we don't want to get in the discussion of Civil War and Confederate flag. Let's just stay away from that and just keep it biblical. And I know I've already veered off enough. So let's get back to it. So, what I was trying to say is, I've asked for a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that he said no, what I thought he said was no at the time. But I got it later in life. When he was ready to give it to me. When I was ready to receive it. And all of a sudden, as you go through life, this is something I want you all to do. 
as you go through life, I want you to think about all the things you've asked God for. All the things you've prayed about. You know, maybe except for relationships to last. I mean, if, if, you know, if you've asked for that and it's happened, that's great. But I'm thinking like material items. Like, okay, like, let's say you asked when you were a kid, like, or maybe not even a kid, maybe a, a teenager or whatever, that you wanted a sports car. And it had to be a fast sports car. And you, and you was maybe 16, and then you walk outside, and it's your 16th birthday. Let's say it's your 16th birthday, you've just got your license, and you walk outside, and instead of a sports car, you've got, say, a Lincoln Continental. A real big hunk of metal that could probably see 80 if it was lucky. I mean, it, it had the power. It just, you know, it was slow to get there. It was, a, it was a cruising car. It was a, it was not something that was made for speed, obviously. So, you wanted that sports car and you ended up getting a Lincoln Continental. So, one, your faith was tested. And at 16, your faith is tested easily. Like anything can throw you off, to be honest with you. You didn't get what you wanted. Your hormones are raging. And you don't even know what to think about yourself anymore. Honestly, uh, as a recent teenager, this is how I felt. So, when... You know... You got older. Let's say you got a job, and that job paid so exceptionally well that you was able to get that sports car that you wanted as a kid, and now you think, I bought it. No, you didn't. God opened up the doorway. He answered that prayer when you were 16. But he knew, A, you'd probably wreck and kill yourself at 16 years old trying to show off. And B, you wasn't responsible enough to take care of it. So he waited, let you work for it. Mind you, he let you work for it but gave it to you at the right time. So now you've got it. Yeah, you might show off a little bit, but you know what? You're not dumb and crazy like you was back then. Or at least I would hope not. So God always knows what the perfect time is for us. And if it glorifies Him, and you ask for it, and you are willing to work for it, there's not a lot He's going to say no to. Unless he knows it will draw you away from him, which would go against glorifying him. So that's something to think about. He may not say yes to you right now, 
but 20 years down the road. Think about it this way. Moses had to wait 40 years for the calling of God. He was he he was saved as a baby by the grace of God. You know, he floated down the river, was picked up by the Pharaoh's wife, I think. I could be wrong on that one. And the funny story is, Pharaoh had his wife go get a woman to help raise the kid and nurse him. And that woman ended up being Moses' mother to start with. That is the glory and works of God. There is no way around that. Okay, I said that to say this. He grew up to be about 40 years old in the temple of Egypt in Pharaoh's kingdom. He was a scholar. He was built masculine, muscular, this big old hunk of a dude. And all of a sudden he got witnessed killing somebody. Even though they were doing wrong, he, he was witnessed killing them. He was a cast out, or he, he ran. And he had to hide in the backside of the desert. And in that next 40 years before God come back and used him to rescue 3 million people, 3 million Jews in the, in the land of Goshen, which is on the outer edge of Egypt, he basically became uneducated. He he like it was like his brain had just went to waste. He start he was no longer a good speaker. He started stuttering. Um his muscle turned to flab. He got a, a beer gut, so to speak. And then he's eighty years old now. And God comes to him in a burning bush. Okay, so basically what I'm saying is don't expect your answers, your answered prayers to always be right then. So this guy right here got healed by the amount of faith these guys had. These guys basically were so empowered by the Holy Spirit because it had just baptized them. We read last week in the upper room, the great mighty wind rushed in. Now these two, see God has callings for each one of us. Now I'm not saying go out there and do like those one preachers do and smack people in the head, smack people in the head and say you're healed. If it works, praise God. But if it doesn't, you're just gonna look like an idiot and probably get some charges against you. But we all we all have a calling, and not a lot, not every one of us is going to be able to to do stuff like this. I believe there are faith healers out there. Do I believe they're smacking people in the head? Probably not. Touching, maybe. But I mean, I've I've seen so many videos of people just getting smacked, and boom, you're healed. And I, some of them they say it works. Some of them try to say that they're a scam, I don't know, you know, it's not up to me to question, they know what they're doing, they'll get judged for what they're doing if they are, so let's continue on before I get more sidetracked, but these, these guys, they healed the guy, and 
immediately his feet and ankle bones receive strength. So automatically, boom, he got that muscle he needed. Boom, he got the uh, strength he needed. <coughs> Excuse me. To be able to just rise up and walk. And then it says he was leaping up. He leaped up, stood, and walked, and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it, it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at which, at, at that which had happened to him. So they had just witnessed the last miracle worker get crucified, basically. You know, some of them hadn't witnessed, witnessed it directly, but they probably heard about it. So then they're like, well, who's this guy? Or who who done this? Because he was just sitting outside the gate. He, he couldn't walk. Like, why was he begging for money or, money or food or whatever if he's up here dancing and leaping? But the key was he was praising God the whole time. And then it says, And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's so Solomon's porch, I guess, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? Or that was actually supposed to be in a question pronunciation. I apologize. The God of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, has, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate, Pilate, however you say his name, when he was determined to let him go. That's something important to remember. Pilate or Pilate or whatever, he was the court guy. He was at the head of the court. And he, you know, he had no evidence against Jesus. He was getting ready to let him go. But the crowd that was watching, the people of Israel, was screaming and saying, Crucify him. That's why he died on the cross. But it was meant to be, you know. He couldn't be the lamb slain of God if Pilate had let him go. Then it says, But ye denied the Holy One and the just, and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. So they traded him for, uh, or they let the murderer that he was up there in the court trials with, they let him go. And of course we all know that Judas betrayed him for so many pence or so many, so much money. I used to know, like, it just left my head just then. And then it says, And killed the prince of life, whom God, God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. So, it's like a smack in the face, like, you might have killed him, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses to that. And his name through faith, in his, and his name through faith, in his name. Okay, yeah, there we go. Hath made this man strong, 
whom ye see and know. Okay, let's just stop there for a second. And his name, the power in the name of Jesus. But not just the power in the name. You have to have faith in that power. You cannot just use the name for anything you want. It has to be glorifying unto the Lord because he is a jealous God. That is something to be very, very remembrance of. He's a jealous God, and if something is going to turn you away from him, he will turn it away and turn it down faster than you can even ask it because he already knows you was going to ask it. He's just 10,000 steps ahead of you at every single point. He's actually, like he knows your whole life before you're born because it says in Jeremiah that before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. So he already knew us. We already existed to him. We may have been a thought at that time in his in God's mind. But before we were even created in the womb, he already knew everything about us. What we were going to do. And that's a hard pill to swallow. But you can't go against the text. And it's in context too. Because we have an all-knowing God, we can't have an all-knowing God if we can't say that He knows everything about us already, our whole life. He's got this planned out. We don't know what's planned. So that's why it is our responsibility to have faith in Him to do or to live out our lives. Okay, so back to what we were, we were saying. So, in his name, through faith in his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong. So it wasn't just the name of Jesus. It was Peter and Simon, Peter and John's, sorry. Peter and John's, Faith in Jesus' name that he would be healed, and he was. And they, everybody knew that he was the one that was outside the, the gates asking for money. And it says, Ye, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I wot that through ignorance ye did it. Okay, whatever that means. As did also your rulers. I don't really know what I what means. So we'll see, keep on going. Maybe it'll tell us. But those things which God before has showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer... He has so fulfilled. So basically, still not getting what verse 17 says, at, other than the fact that he's calling them out for something, for being ignorant about things. And then it says, those things God before showed, like all the prophets tried to warn you, tried to tell you that, that Christ was coming and that he would suffer. And now... 
the prophecy has been fulfilled, and there's no way around that. And then it says, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be plotted out, blotted out, sorry, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. You know, there's an interesting video on Facebook, and I really don't know what chemicals they used for this. Uh, it was an amazing video. And it was basically, it had your soul, like three cups, and one of them was a, they all had liquid in them. And one of them was a black liquid. And it was, and it was labeled sin. And it showed the cup of sin being poured into the body, and it made the the color of the body just horribly ugly, dark, muddy looking color. But then it had the blood of Christ in another one. It was clear. And when they poured that one into the muddy, murky looking mixture that had been created from the sin and the body or the soul going together. I can't remember if it was soul or body, but I think it was soul or spirit. When they poured the blood of the Christ, blood of Christ into that one, it instantly went back to perfectly crystal clear. And it may have even been a video trick, but that was a great representation about what Jesus' blood does for us. But God's going to be like, I don't see nothing. Because when the blood is applied, that sin that we've committed is cast. We may still have it on us, but it's not visible to God. God doesn't see it. All he sees is a perfect image of him because we are forgiven by Jesus. See, in the Old Testament, when people, when these, when, you know, Jewish people would make their sacrifice on the altar. They would slay an animal and it would be their the best of what they had. That was their offering. That was that that was the animal that they chose to be or that was basically the animal that God chose because they chose it through the farmers. He chose it through the farmers because it was the best. That's what he told them. Give me the best. And if you ain't willing to give me the best, why would I give you the best? Basically. And when that was the payment for their sins. And that's what, you know, cleared them out. Or cleared them from judgment. But see, now, being as we have a living God making the choices, He is the lamb or the animal that was slain. He gets to choose who's blotted out. But He chooses everybody that comes to Him. He is fair. He is just. Nobody's insignificant. That was a, that was a part of the sermon today. Nobody will be, ever be insignificant to God if if the richest man in the world came to him he would accept him just like the poorest man in the world and that's a lot to take in there's a lot of judgmental churches out there that will try to say oh he don't take people like this yes he does he doesn't judge 
yet. He will in the end, but not right now. Because time is not ended. It's still, as long as you are alive, it's still not too late. Until Jesus comes back. If he comes back when while this generation is going on. Many speculations, nobody knows. That's the important thing. Even the Bible says, nobody, not even Jesus, knows the time I come back. Or the time he comes back. God's basically, basically going to be like, go get him. Okay. Um, and then he's, the these two are basically saying, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refresh, refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And the refreshing he's talking about the oh, sorry, cleansing of the earth. Um... With fire. Okay. And he shall send Jesus. Which before you was preached. Or he shall send Jesus Christ. Which before you was preached unto you. So okay. Prophesied to you. You know the whole deal. Whom the heaven must receive. Until the times of restitution. Of all things. Which God has spoken. By the mouth of all his holy prophets. Since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Ye and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after as many as have spoken have likewise foretold of these days. Yet ye are the children of the prophets, and the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. Okay. Let's uh let's just stop there. Um well we have to for now. Until next week anyway. Um to me what I feel like they're trying to say here and God help me out on this one. He's just kind of really just pushing it to him like this is what you need to do because he says repent ye therefore and then he just talks about what's to come but he also talks about what was prophesied unto you and you didn't listen. It's kind of like smacking him in the face a little bit. Um, and it says ye are the, you are the children of prophets uh, like you, your parents were prophets. Your ancestors were prophets. And the covenant and of the covenant which God made unto the fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall be shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. So everybody's going to be blessed. And I think that is God's love through Jesus. He blessed the whole entire world in one instance, but we have to stop and remember that even though he blessed it, not everybody's receiving it. That that's another thing. When when you ask for a blessing, you have to be willing to receive it. 
it's basically like an old saying of you're begging for God to open a door and he does and you don't pay attention pay enough attention to what he's trying to tell you just because it's not what you got your mind set on and you walk right past it and then you find the door that you want and you're knocking on it and nothing ever happens because then you pass the door that he had open for you and it may be a door that gets you directly to where you want to go but you got to take a little route with him you got to he's got to know that you're going to use him and trust in him and have faith in him to get to where you need to go. And that obviously didn't did not come from me because I was brain dead about this a second ago. And then it says unto you first God having raised up his son Jesus so he raised him up sent him to bless you. That just what I what I just said in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. I really don't know how it's meaning there. Okay, so, yeah. Um, I think it's trying to say that... Say that it's turning you away from worldly iniquities, which is money, famine, or money, famine, fame, fortune, all this stuff that goes unchecked you know it's, it's it's just like we think oh we've got we're like it's like we're doing it for the wrong reason you know what i'm saying iniquities you're you're okay one of the greatest things that will ever be hated to be heard in the great throne judgment is depart from me you worker ye worker of iniquity for which i never knew you that is going to be the one the greatest thing to be hated to be heard um and greatest in a bad way like as in most because we have to be careful when we humble ourselves before God and we have to stop and think are we asking God to help us for our benefit or so that when our cup runneth over, we can benefit and bless others. See, here's the thing. And I'm probably going to get a lot of people mad when I say this. But I really don't care. It's how I feel. God is a gentleman socialist. But in an amazing, loving way. Let's stop and think. He is the most loving, most caring, most compassionate person or being in all of eternity. Okay. But one thing he asks of us. It's just spread the word, uh, obviously. But basically, love him and love thy neighbor. And there's a lot of rules that go with each one of those. 
it's not just straightforward like like hey man how you doing today you know just being friendly with them like if you've got more than you would ever need give some of it to somebody it's like it's like all these rich people you know you got Bernie Sanders let's let's use him for an example he wants to force the rich people to give up millions of dollars in taxes to spread the wealth. You know, that's all fine and dandy, but it's forced. God doesn't force you. He wants you to do it. And if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, and He and you you've let the Holy Spirit be your pilot, He will lead you to give and help others and love others and not be greedy and keep it all for yourself. Not be selfish. Because once you do it for yourself, once you use God's glory for your own personal gain and your gain only, you are then a worker of iniquity. And He will deny you in front of... And Jesus will deny you in front of God. So you will not enter the gates of heaven. It's a hard pill to swallow. But we need to make sure that whatever we do in life, we do it to glorify God and build His kingdom and not use it for our own gain. See, I've got a YouTube channel. It's called Bringing the Bacon with Nate and Tristan. And I've been doing it for about a year. And I've noticed when I start getting in my mind about all the things I'm going to be able to to do with it, I do keep gravitating back to like when I start making it, because I just started. I like it's it's when I say get just started. I mean, like I've said, I've been doing it for about a year, year and a half, but I've not grown in it. Like um, I'm still. I'm not even getting paid from YouTube yet. I've, I've got like 18 subscribers. But it's building. But I, like I said, I've noticed that when I get that mindset that it starts to be me, 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 my view count drops. Like that next video I load, don't get as many views. But I also, after short periods, I keep thinking about all the people I can help. You know, there's like that little kid Ryan's World. He he owns that channel. And I'm I'm not really meaning to make all these channel plugs except for my own cuz I mean I own it. But I think I think they said last year he made 20 million dollars. And I'm just sitting here thinking goodness What's a kid want with $20 million? I mean, need with $20 million. Of course, I know because he's under 18, his parents have control over that. But what have they done with it? You know, did they keep it for themselves? Did they go buy lavish houses? You know, 15 of them. 15 million cars. You know, I'm just exaggerating there. But, you know, did they use 
that platform for better? Or did they use that platform for the, to grow themselves? And, I, and I'm not hating on Ryan's world in any way. I've, that was just more of an example. Like, I, I use him as an example. So don't don't take what I said and go at him and be like, what would you do with that money? No, I, that was just simply an example. Like, PewDiePie, he, God only knows how much he made last year. You know, what did he do with his money? I know he donated a lot. I've, I've seen stories on YouTube. He donated. You know, but there's also that story of the woman, which we may get to, uh, in the book of Acts. Actually, I don't really know where it's at. I think it, it might be in Acts or it might be in Hebrew. Um, but it was about the woman. No, it was, it was when Jesus was alive, so it won't be in Hebrew. Um, or Acts. But it's about the woman. You know, you had all these people in the church. These, there were rich people in the church. You know, and every single one of them... Let's say they had each one of them had a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. They threw in thirty thousand, acted like they were big shots doing that. And there was a there was an older woman. She came in. She had very very little money. She was raggedy clothes. Very very poor. She dropped just a few coins. Down in the in the offering bucket. And then Jesus said, because they were laughing at her on how little she donated. And Jesus, I think Jesus got up and hugged the woman and said, why, why you laugh? Because what this, this woman has gave is worth, is more valuable than anything you, any of you have given me together. Because she gave me all she had. And he knew that. It was Jesus. He knew that. So I heard a preacher one time say, I'm going to leave you with this closing thought. Then I'll pray and close the uh, Bible study. I heard a preacher once say, It's not about when I become a Christian or when I become stronger in faith will I have to give up everything the question is would I be give, willing to give it up if God asked for it and that goes with this if anything is tearing you or keeping you from being closer to God God will eventually ask you for it. Will you be willing to give it? To shut it down, to say no more. And that's something I've I've thought about with my YouTube thing. Like, if it never does anything other than, you know, help finish paying off my house, help remodel my house the way I need it to be, because I've got, you know, I, I need some a ex- couple extra rooms at least. For my kids. I mean, we're well spaced, but we, you know, we could use a little more room. My girls need a separate bedroom. But it's just something to think about. Like, if I, that's all it ever does, and then it it allows me to have decent vehicles. 
I'm going to be thankful to God that it's got me that much. Because this is coming from an introvert. You are literally listening to one of the... Well, I feel like I'm the biggest introvert this side of the country. Like, if I ever make it to an award show for YouTube or even podcast and I win, I might run out of the room. I cannot stand to be up on stage. But I feel like God is powering me through this. And I feel like YouTube is my calling and it, to help break through the anxiety. Because I've always felt like I've been able to put a smile on people's faces, make them laugh. I know this is more serious, and I don't usually tell a lot of jokes on here. But it's, you know, I've always been able to make people laugh. And that was always a bonus. I never got paid for that. I got paid for the work I did. But I never got paid for the extras, the extra effort to make sure everybody felt good about their day, at least it, it, as much as I could. So God knows that's my calling. He knows what calling He has for me, and I feel like that's my calling is to be in the entertainment industry. But. Being the biggest introvert, like, I don't really want to talk to anybody I don't know. Once I know you, I'll warm up to you, and you can't get me to shut up. But until then, it's like a hide behind a corner. They call it shy. Back in my day, they called it being shy. But, you know, I'm breaking through that shell. Glory to God. I mean, I can't really thank him enough because I'm finding myself easier to talk to people that I'm around that I don't know or that I'm not comfortable around so he's slowly breaking those chains off of me but he's making me learn as he does some that's that's another thing he just came to me and then I'll pray and close this out um not all like if you pray for some relief of something some some bondage that you have whether it be addiction or whether it be alcoholism, which is kind of the same thing, but whether it be, you know, ADHD, um, ADD, which is two different things, but kind of the same. Um, what's that other one? Anxiety, depression. He may not snap them completely to all together. You may have to go through the stretching process before they break. While they're cracking and loosening, and you're getting a little bit looser, so they're not tying you down, each step he may be teaching you something. So that when they do break, you're less likely to let yourself go back. Because you've learned stuff as you went. Now there may be some things he just breaks instantly and you never go back to it. Because he knows you. He knows you better than anybody. He knows you better than your mama does. And that's saying something. Alright. So let's pray and close this out before I go too much farther past an hour. Because <laughs> um, that's the usual amount of a Sunday school lesson. 
And yes, you heard my paper Bible uh, last couple Sundays. I think I had a phone. No, last no, the last episode I did use a paper Bible or actual physical Bible, I should say. But no, it's a Sunday or two before that. Yeah. So uh, I've got back to that again. Not that I, not that I'm not against phone apps. I just feel like it's. I don't know. I just felt better holding the Word of God in my hand, knowing that the screen can't change and be like, Ooh, you have a notification from Twitter. You have a notification from Instagram that would easily distract me. Of course, I know you can put it on in, uh, airplane mode, but some apps will override that. Um, not the connection, but the notification part. And it's more of a visual thing. Like if it pops up, you know, or I accidentally hit the home screen, something like that, it goes off, and then I'm like, then I can be distracted for a second, and it just takes that one second to disconnect yourself from the Holy Spirit, and I could be lost the rest of the service, or the rest of the lesson. So I feel myself, I'm I'm better off just going from a purple, a purple, paper, hard copy, Bible. And when I say hard copy, like physical copy. Alright, so thank you, Lord, for the amazing lesson long lesson um this chapter was shorter than the ones i've done before but it seemed like it was more packed with what you wanted me to say what i felt like you wanted me to say minus the part about the dodge charger lord i thank you for the wisdom that you've gave me through this to teach the many listeners out there lord i ask that uh you watch them and be over be with them this week, all the people that's listening, and myself included, that we are protected, washed over, and guarded by you, so that the powers and and principles of darkness cannot intervene. And if there's any new listeners out there, I pray that you, and when I say new listeners, I mean new Christians, or maybe even people that are interested in Christianity, I pray that you Reach out to them, Lord. Reach into their heart and and soften it to where they, they, they want to come back for more. They want more. And they, they start growing a hunger for the truth of the gospel. So, Father, I, th- I thank you for the many that you have brought to this podcast to start with. And I thank you for the many more that you will bring. In Jesus' name. And God, all of God's people said, Amen. So, that's it for today. Um, I hope you enjoyed this uh, Sunday school, or not Sunday school, Wednesday Bible study in the book of Acts. I hope that uh, you've, got, you've been blessed by it. I hope you got something out of it. Uh, share this. Share it. You know, uh, everybody needs to hear it. You know, if they don't read it for themselves, they can at least listen to me ramble on about it. And maybe they can get some out of it too. You know, put it in while you're driving down the road or something like that. Because that's the genius of podcasting. You can turn it on and drive down the road. I do that a lot. Probably shouldn't. Cause I might break break out and have church in my in my vehicle one day, and hope I don't wreck Jesus take the wheel kind of moment. So, 
But thank you all for stopping by. Uh, comment and like and share this so that uh, kind of gets us in the algorithm. So thank you all and hope you all have a blessed rest of the week and see you on Sunday.